Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When I first started drawing this Afro-American stuff, I didn't go into it expecting to for it to be some revolutionary shit. I just thought that it was going to be something that was already done. I was just planning on finding artists who did the same shit. So just the fact that it wasn't a readily available thing, I was just like, wow, like... Obviously, you know, I knew that racism was everywhere, but I'm like, damn, like the extent to racism is really fucking wild. It just stretches in all facets of life. It's crazy. What's up, y'all? Welcome to The Teardown, a podcast hosted by me, Vegas Inc., your favorite polarizing tattooer. Every episode, I sit down and chat with amazing guest artists, and we dive in more intimately on the politics of the tattoo industry, as well as some topics I feel are more relevant in contemporary tattooing. So now that we're all set up, let's get started. Are you ready? My next guest for this episode is Aaron Hehim, tattoo artist who has been in this industry for 2.5 years, although he's extremely talented. He works at CIA Studios on the south side of Atlanta. He loves anime, has like six anime tattoos, which I am curious to know what those all are. (laughs) Is a cat parent of two. Their names are Black Panther and Storm. Love that, the representation. (laughs) Gotta do it. (laughs) A poet and cool enough, he used to host a open mic just before COVID, which I'd actually like to hear more about. So Aaron, welcome. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I went to go eat chilies with my wife earlier today. Life is good. We went to Target. Fucking love Target. Funny thing about Target is that we had a Target in Canada for, I promise you, five years maybe. It was expensive and there was nothing there. I went to the Target oh, wow. today for the first time here in Chicago. Y'all have furniture, clothes, makeup. <laughs> you had an Ulta. I'm like, we mm-hmm. did not have that. And they actually went bankrupt yeah. and stopped production in Canada altogether. So when we have Walmart. See, that's the crazy thing. I literally know nothing about Canada. I like know. <laughs> y'all are y'all are something else. I literally didn't even know Toronto was in the same time zone as Atlanta. I, th- I really thought that y'all were on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't know the time zones at all in terms of geography. I'm always, like, surprised. And, like, now that I've, like, made more friends in America, I, like, I have one friend in Washington, and they're, like, four hours behind me. And it, like, mm-hmm. it's such a trip. And then my partner is an hour behind me. 
But Atlanta, yeah. And I recently learned that Atlanta is on the same time zone because I have a friend that lives there as well. And I'm always surprised they're on the same wave. Mm -hmm. But I know that we definitely don't have the same climate. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely not. And this is super random. We don't have to go into it. But like, do y'all have, y'all don't have daylight savings, do you? Yeah, we do. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) We do. Yeah, because I just be confused because I know certain places don't. So it always bugs me out. Like, how does that work? What certain places? Like most Asian countries, like a lot of Africa. I don't think that South America practices daylight savings. It's really like a a very Western type of thing. I guess that makes sense because of what daylight savings is from the very little I know about daylight savings. But I do. I like I like America. I have enjoyed traveling in it. I've never really been anywhere tropical. I definitely want to hit up Atlanta. Hotlanta. Wait, we had the best beaches. I'm from Florida mm. and I was born in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, but I know that Florida, there's no beach that compares to Florida Beach. And I've been to many because since I moved out of Florida, I've just been like craving water in the ocean. So I've been to a bunch just around. And yeah, outside of South Florida, the beaches just don't compare. You don't have beaches in Atlanta, but you got hot women and you got nah. studs. And you got uh-huh. <laughs> And I'm trying to be up All in there. That. See, people say that Atlanta is basically Miami without a beach, and that's so true. But I heard it's like a, it's very celebrity too. Like I feel like you could like throw a rock and hit like a celebrity or like an influencer or something like that. You started using TikTok. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah. I like what you're doing. <laughs> I like that content. It's something different, and it's soothing. The overlay of audio. And just like a close up of you pulling lines and we get it. Big fucking flex. All right. <laughs> You're like, let me zoom you know, in on these lines. Of, bitch. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> you know, just stun on y'all real quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Couldn't be me. Honestly, I really just did that because I am extremely lazy and like could not be really bothered to make a whole compilation of like transitional videos. I see people like taking like the printout of the tattoo and slapping it on Mm -hmm. their arm and i'm not a video person i don't really know how to do i could learn but like that would just take away from my drawing time and like i just don't want to do that so i'm like literally it takes all of like two minutes and you draw a lot i try i feel like i didn't get to draw that much in like my previous art professions because before i started tattooing i used to be a children's book illustrator and really? I also I used to you. do like graphic design and book illustration. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was uh, you know, this was before your time, you know. Before my time. Um. Wait <laughs> a minute. First of all, I am your tattoo elder. I'll have you know. I mean before your time with me, no. Okay, you know? I was about to say. Oh, I mean, how old are you? <laughs> I'm twenty eight. Oh, we're the same age. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, is Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron in their 40s and they look like they're 25. I'm so confused. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna lie. Like, sometimes, like, for the longest, I thought you were maybe, like, a couple years older than me. Like, just because you have, like, a like a mature vibe to you. And also, I think it's the tattoos. <laughs> like, whenever I see somebody that's, like, really tattooed, I'm like, I don't know. I think it's because mentally I feel like I'm 24. So I think, like, everybody's just older than me. I'm at that age now where that's not even no, that's not even a like, thing no yeah. more. But it's mental yeah. illness. That's what the maturity comes from, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really stuck at 14, honestly. 
<laughs> uh, you couldn't pay me to be 14 again. There's not enough money in the world. That was a terrible time. Middle school was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Let's get into a little bit the question. Okay, cool. But how did you get into tattooing? Like, what was your time leading up to it? What drew you to it? Like, what was your experience like? So with tattoos, you know, I always liked getting tattoos. And I had a friend that, like, he did my second through sixth tattoo. I He would tattoo me in his house and shit like that. He used to work in a shop, but he just didn't really like the shops in Tallahassee. So he just worked out of his home and shit like that. And when I was watching him tattoo, I would just look at him and be like, oh, this is something that I could legitimately do. Like if I knew how to use a machine, because I was like, oh, it's basically tracing the lines and just drawing like shading and shit where <laughs> it needs to be shaded. Yeah. In. I was like, <laughs> mentally, I could understand that, you know, I was like, oh, cool. But like, I didn't want to not have an apprenticeship because I have a very big aversion to fucking up somebody's skin. So like, I didn't want to like sit there and fuck up like 200, 300 people's skin before I knew what the fuck I was doing. Nothing against scratchers. Literally have no... I like how you called it scratchers, uh, not the tattoo jargon. (laughs) Listen, you know... I'm a scratcher, I'll have you know. I'm (laughs) self-taught. Hey, listen. (laughs) But you're not wrong. Like that, It's it's not not a bad thing. I... I'm having this whole discourse on TikTok right now about the fact that I missed out on so much being self-taught and I had to work so much harder than everybody else because I just didn't have anybody there to just teach me like the fundamentals and just like the little tips and tricks that just help it get better. So I did fuck up a lot of people Uh in the beginning, except I feel like different than what I've seen online or what other people do is I said no to a lot of things. And then I focused in on what my potential strengths were. And I just got better Uh at those specific things. And then I went to a tattoo school, which Uh elevated me and taught me more. And then I just got good enough to get into shops because I knew that there was no way that I was going to get better without being in a shop. And so you've had a formal apprenticeship. What was that like? It was interesting because the, the way that I even met my, my mentor, right. It was, there was an art show that I was in just from some artists that I knew. It was a show about resistance art. So I was just a part of it and I was helping with the marketing and stuff like that. So we were doing a video interview of my mentor. And after the interview, I just asked him, I was like, hey, so what do you need to do to get an apprenticeship here? I talked to other shops around the area. They were like, to get an apprenticeship, it's like $3,000, $5,000. Use it. Was this in Florida? No, nah, Atlanta. So this is an interesting phenomenon, and I want to ask you more about it. How common is it there out there to pay for an apprenticeship? Very common. I think like, especially like white shops, I think most of them charge. I, like, this is the only shop that I talked to that didn't charge their apprenticeships at the time i've known other apprenticeships that like other black shops that don't charge their apprenticeships and shit like that but at the time this was the only shop that i knew that didn't charge their apprentices he was just like come through and learn so i was like all right bet you know and i feel like i had a great experience because there was no hazing my mentor he's a black dude it's a black owned shop so yeah he didn't do no bullshit like do unnecessary hazing and unnecessary tasks that had nothing to do with the apprenticeship. It was just 
honestly kind of a breeze compared to what I've heard from other people's experiences. Did you feel like it was more difficult for you as like a black man get trying to get into the industry or trying to find a shop that was even willing to take you on outside of the financial aspect of it? Do you find that that was hard at all? Yeah, because for one, I just didn't even get the vibe that they would even want me there, period. I just don't feel comfortable in white shops. I just never, I just never felt the energy that I would even be welcome there. And whenever I did talk to somebody, it was just kind of like a, I never really talked to artists about it. They would always be like their receptionists and they'd be like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like they would just, like the receptionists would talk to me, but like none of the artists seemed like they would even make time to even have a conversation with me. So I just didn't even feel welcome at any like white shops or anything like that. Like it, it just wasn't really the right vibe. And is it a primary, because Atlanta has like, from what I understand, a pretty large black demographic. Like, yeah, like I'm not, not tattoo artists necessarily, but like, I mean, a lot of black people out there. So is there a lot of black owned shops, black tattoo shops, black tattoo artists, would you say? Yeah, I think literally 50% of Atlanta's population is black. There's a shitload of black artists out here. There's, I want to say like, off the top of my head, I could think of three or four black owned shops out here. Yeah, so we're pretty pretty abundant. We're like the black community out here is very cooperative. Like we're very supportive of each other. Even though, you know, there's there's always the stigma of like black people don't like to yeah, help each other out or support each other, shit. blah blah blah. Yeah. I don't really subscribe to that narrative. Black people have always been helpful for me. I've always seen black people as helpful for other people. I just think completely that a lot of people have this narrative in their head that they just believe and have heard so many times that they just kind of off rip just accept you know but yeah i think the community in atlanta is super super supportive so yeah there's so many black shops black tattoo artists i pretty much exclusively talk to and communicate with black artists especially down here i don't even really know of any white artists like i've never really had too many conversations with white artists down here we just we tattoo our own people we be in our own shops our own spaces the the tattoo scene the black tattoo scene out here is very different and excluded from the white tattoo scene at least that's how i feel i feel like there is a difference in art style that black tattooers have developed in order to work with more melanated black and brown skin and i've talked to a few people about Mm -hmm. this and only americans know what i'm talking about it's this like super illustrative, mm-hmm. bold lining, super saturated colors, like specifically when working mm-hmm. with color work. And then I think with black and gray, they focus more on like color blocking, like working with more opaque grays and things like that for realism when working on yeah. skin. And then, yeah, for color work, I feel like illustrative is really popular, but it's a very specific type of illustrative work. So like, like Roger, Pal- how do you say his name? Roger um, Roger Perilla. But that's like the type of work that he does, or even like some of the folks on Ladies of Ink tour. Yeah. I feel like that kind of art style. Does that resonate at all like with what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we just want something to really pop on us, you know? So we want to get something that is super saturated, super dense, like something that you could really see across the room. So I think, yeah, like when people want, like especially Black people want those tattoos they want it to really just like be yeah dense you know what i mean 
And also, like, just in general, I know I noticed that, like, Black people, we like bigger pieces. Like, we really, <laughs> really like to yeah. cover as much skin as possible. Yeah. It's a really interesting thing because, yeah, instead of, I don't really know too many people who, like, my clientele is more kind of traditional Afro-Americana based. So they enjoy kind of having pieces, like, like small pieces just kind of coming together and blending together and stuff like that. But I feel like even... With my clientele, a lot of people just want some big, want a big half sleeve or like want a big quarter sleeve and just to just to have a whole concept instead of just little, little stuff. Yeah. Compositionally, I know for myself when working on like black and brown skin, the way that I design a piece is that I need I'd like more surface area. And with the design itself, there's less compacted details and more broader, larger details yeah. to break to really break up the colors, to break up the lining, so that it's like let it breathe. Let it breathe exactly. Instead of like condensing this imagery and adding all these like minute details that are could be nice, but can be a little bit unnecessary. And even on light skin and white skin, like over time, doesn't heal in the same way. It gets muddy. Yeah, completely. So on to the topic of today. So do you call it Afro traditional or Afro Americana tattoos? I call it Afro Americana, but I don't really mind people calling it Afro traditional because that's just kind of it's it kind of means the same thing, you know. So let me ask you, what is Afro Americana? Describe what it is and like what are the elements that are required in order to make it an Afro Americana tattoo? Afro-Americana is basically visually based in the traditional style, but focused on Black people, Black history, Black culture, just focused on Blackness in general. So, you know, it could be anything from, you know, a Black lady head or a Black male head or, you know, something that pertains to something like like I did some flash with some lar- some Laurie's seasoning. I don't know if I have that in Canada, mm-hmm. but that's in every Black person's cabinet in America. You grew up eating it. You grew up like having that food seasoned in Laurie's. You know, it might be like with the little beads that little black girls will put in their head, like growing Mm, up and stuff like that, you know, like it's just centered around blackness and making sure that we are seen, we are heard. It's just represented in that art, you know? Totally. So like folks like Wes Holland are definitely very Yeah. Wes Holland, Jalen. Jalen. I love Jalen. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. For those folks who like don't know anything about tattoo styles and based on like what we're talking about specifically with Afro-Americana, let's just describe a little bit of like what American traditional looks like. Because it's like a an element, it's taking from American traditional tattooing and, and making it Afrocentric. Right. So like the key elements to an American traditional tattoo is working with the primary colors, bold lines with like mm-hmm. one needle usage. So with neo-traditional, you would work with more line depth and with like American traditional, it's like eight round shaders or seven liners. Yeah. Like, is that how you also understand American traditional? Yeah. And I mean, I think that they're also you racist. Know, like bold black shading. Oh, yeah. Super racist. Yeah. <laughs> super. Whether it's in the art or the artist, whichever. But yeah, you know, bold black shading, whip shading, mm-hmm. like basically no use of kind of kind of softer gradients. Like, you know how artists, though, do black, medium black, semi-medium black, mm-hmm. light gray, you know, like it's, they'll have eight in caps of gray wash and stuff like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so none of that. Usually when people ask me about what traditional looks like, I usually say like Ed Hardy type <laughs> stuff because that's usually how people <laughs> yeah. can kind of first Grimm, think about it. You know? Sailor Jerry, <laughs> those guys. Those guys, you know, everybody knows what an Ed Hardy shirt looks like. So I'm like, you know, in case you have no idea of any tattoo history, you know, just just think about the Ed Hardy shirts, you know, that type of stuff. So like taking that, is there like elements like that technically that are involved in Afro-Americana? Very similar stuff. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's very visually traditional, just It's more about the content. It's like kind of taking that visual style and repurposing it for Black people. Because when I first started apprenticing, I really just enjoyed traditional stuff. I thought it was cool. I thought, oh, this could really look well on Black people. I I wanted something that would really stand out a lot on our skin. And I was just like, oh, traditional is fun. I enjoy it. It's fucking badass. And I just wanted to draw Black people representing that style just because I used to do that with my children's books. I would just take, if like somebody brought me a concept for a children's book and they were like, oh yeah, you know, this is a story about a kid making friends with some kids down the street or whatever. I would just make the main character Black just because there weren't any Black kids in children's books for real, for real, you know? And so I kind of just applied that same logic to tattooing. And I didn't really think it was a a big deal. I actually, like, when I thought of it, I was like, okay, well, I want to draw a Black woman traditionally. Let me look that up on Google just to see how other people do it, not even knowing that that wasn't really a thing. And I think I searched for, like, a month trying to find how Black people are drawn traditionally. The only two I found were Jalen's work and Kevin Mm -hmm. Wong's work. Those are like the only two examples that I really, really found. I saw a couple images, like standalone images on Google, but there was really nothing else for real, for real. So I was like, wow, this is really fucking crazy. That's when I just thought of just, for one, the concept of naming it Afro-Americana and like focusing, like having that focus be my work because I just like it, you know? Yeah, because I feel like I definitely, before you, have seen that being done, not by many artists. I didn't know about Kevin Wong, but like I've seen it done, elements of it. You know, I think that Black folks have over the years 
have like made imagery black. So I get a lot of clients that'd be like, oh, I really like this lady head, but could she have coily hair and wear black features? So I would do that, but it wouldn't necessarily fit in within like the traditional sense. It'd probably lean more with towards illustrative. But then I do know that you named it that and gave it a language. And then also, cause you have an Instagram page that solidifies like this is what we mean well this is what i mean by i you Uh by (laughs) afro-americana like (laughs) tattoos which i think is really interesting and i'd love to see it put into like the lexicon of tattooing which it's put in for us for black artists but you know we'll see what if everybody else catches up i'm gonna make a wikipedia page for it (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But yeah, I just think that the act of naming it is so important because I've never ever said I created the style. That would be stupid. But giving it language, I feel like like that's how all theory starts. Things exist and then we create language and build upon it. And like, that's what's important. Yeah, because it should be easy to find these things. Because if I'm trying to find somebody who does work like West Harland, somebody who who does work like Jalen, it's hard to search for that on Google. Because if you Google Black traditional, you're just going to get traditional tattoos that don't have color. Let me tell you what you're going to find. You're going to find the continent of Africa (laughs) (laughs) and an Afro pig tattoo. That's what you're going to find if you type that in. I feel like the first time I saw like an actual like conceptualized other than West Holland, I feel like I came across you before Wes was your stuff and it was the burning cotton. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny because like they messaged you and I was like, oh, I had an idea for merch. And it was like I had drawn something. It did not look anything as close to yours. And I'm like, this is such a powerful image. And for it to be done mm-hmm. in a traditional sense was also just kind of like. A radical in my opinion, right? Because American traditional tattooing has excluded Black people other than making caricatures of Blackness mm-hmm. or indigeneity or East like Asian. Vietnamese. Yeah, like uh, other yeah. than like the racist caricatures that it's developed, it's excluded people of color, Black people and Indigenous people to so like to have seen imagery like yours, I was like, oh shit. And like, I'm covered in American traditional pieces that have mostly been done mm-hmm. by queer or black tattoo artists now or trans. Oh, that's lit. Yeah. Cause I, lo- I do like it. I like a patchwork. I like American traditional. It calls mm-hmm. to me, but I'm like, I don't necessarily want to get it done by like a white tattoo bro. Yeah. Nah, that feels just weird. I really don't even enjoy being tattooed by I don't know what kind of energy like, you're trying to put. Like, I've, into my body. <laughs> like, I don't fucks with it. Like, I've only had, like, two white tattoo artists, like, ink me up. And they, they were on some random shit. Like, one was when I was in Austin. I got, like, a like an anime tattoo, like a one-piece tattoo. And the other one, I very stupidly got me and my ex's initials tattooed on me. <laughs> but, you know, it was on some random shit. So I was like, you know, if I got, just go to the nearest shop whatever i don't care you know a little off topic what are your anime tattoos okay so i have two one piece tattoos i have a my hero academia tattoo people say this is an anime but whatever avatar the last airbender i got a got the water tribe on me i have a soul eater tattoo like the sun from soul eater thank you my wife did it and she is coming up she is getting like she's getting good yeah she's fucking beast she's done like eight tattoos on me i got the naruto seal on my stomach around my belly button and uh i'm about to get a pokemon tattoo i'm about to get like a kind of like a 
old, decrepit Pokeball on my arm. It's going to be cool. I love anime. Love anime tattoos. It's it's everything. So let me ask, like, why do you feel like, I feel like, you know, it's kind of an obvious question with a bit of an obvious answer, but, you know, why do you think it is a necessary art form to include into tattooing? You know, that old phrase that art imitates life, Mm -hmm. you know, like, why wouldn't I want to have black people tattooed on me? I'm a very black person. (laughs) I I don't. (laughs) I moved to Atlanta because I didn't want to be around as many white people. That's kind of one of the big reasons why I moved to Atlanta. So, like, why would I want to have a white lady head? on my chest or something, you know, or on my arm. That don't make sense. Like, they aren't my culture. I love, like, Black people. So I'm going to get Black people tattooed on me. I'm going to go to Black artists. I'm going to support Black businesses, Black-owned shops. Like, why would I do that? It just don't make sense. You know, so I just think that the fact that we were excluded from this art style for so long, it really makes zero sense. When I first started drawing this Afro-American stuff, I didn't go into it expecting to for it to be some revolutionary shit. I just thought that it was going to be something that was already done. I was just planning on finding artists who did the same shit. <laughs> so just the fact that it wasn't a readily available thing, I was just like, wow, like, obviously, you know... I knew that racism was everywhere, but I'm like, damn, like the extent to racism is really fucking wild. It just stretches in all facets of life. It's crazy. All aspects of life. Literally everything. And I think like it's important now because like I, so I'm like a more versatile artist, as you could see, like I could do most things. I was Mm -hmm. sort of. Yeah, you do everything. (laughs) You fire. You fire as fuck. Thank you. Let me, let me light your head up real quick. You know, you dope as shit. (laughs) I really do love your work. Like, I remember one day I was talking to Vegas and they were like, I, I don't know if I want to post some of these because of the quality of the pictures and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, all these tattoos are dope. Like, all of these tattoos are fucking amazing. Like, post all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and I <know>. like, <laughs> I know as artists, we, we're very particular. I was just looking at some of my pictures and like looking at some of the way I took some of the pictures. I'm like, oh, these are not good. I don't like the quality and how these came out. But like, your tattoos are everything. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you gonna you gonna hear about how dope you are. You are very much. I consider you a friend and I'm admirer of your work as well. And I and I think you've you've also been part of like the group of folks that I feel really supported by when I think of like black tattoo artists, just like other tattoo artists in general, who I consider being in community with, even if it's online. I'm like, these are like Mm -hmm. the folks and I definitely include you in that. Thank you for saying that. No problem at all. I was just speaking facts. (laughs) That's why I love Americans. They just say shit. They're like, we're not, there's no (laughs) hidden motives. Like we're just keeping it real, saying what the fuck it is. Like I love that shit. Yeah. I'm a very much a what you see is what you get type of person. I respect it. The point that I was like kind of making is that like because I do so many different styles and because I was like sort of self-taught and then like almost became more classically trained as I was in the shops. So I had to do everything that walked in the door. And it's only been within, within the last five years that I've really developed a style different styles. So like a style for more color work. And then now this like line work stuff that I'm really enjoying with that also, and being more like seeing more visibility about things like Afro-Americana and like even like color illustrative on like dark skin or black folk, black and brown skin. I feel like now 
So I, then I started pushing certain styles, not pushing, but like pushing out art that started to resonate with my black clientele, my black and brown clientele, who probably otherwise would never have thought to like do an Amer- like a, a traditional type tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like they thought that tattoos look a specific way. And now they're mm-hmm. more like, oh, yeah, I want a traditional looking tattoo. I like the way that looks, especially if it's going to mm-hmm. be more centered around my blackness. So I think that's why it's important. Like the more visibility is like the more options. And so many black folks are like, yeah. I didn't even know I could get this. I didn't even know this was And they possible. feel validated. Right, completely. Yeah. And then now that we're seeing more artists, too, coming up and getting their flowers for the work that they're doing. Yeah. And like I always try to just share black artists that I think are just fucking dope as shit and I think that are coming up and need that attention you know what I mean because a lot of these you know white spaces white pages like them pages that be sharing the best black and gray tattoos and stuff like that they're not gonna put a shine on us you know always like even though we're doing better tattoos than like a lot of them tattoos that are up there you know what I mean so it's like I just want to make sure that we're getting the shine that we deserve you know and also yeah a lot of clients are just not visually and artistically inclined yeah. so like <laughs> let's talk they about don't it really know <laughs> yeah. they don't really know what a good tattoo what is can be possible <laughs> unless it's just right in front of them you know what i mean like so it's like a lot of like people i know have reached out to me and been like oh i didn't even know this was a thing that could be done just because yeah they just you know they just see what they see you know what's in front of them is not themselves what's in front of them are white people white faces shit like that Thin so bodies. it's like you know i want to put yeah. us at the for- forefront hell fucking yeah like so i just want representation just across the board you know like queer people fat people like just mental health issues like just shown like shit like that you know what i mean yeah it just reminds me of like you ever get like a client that sends you a reference and it's just a bad tattoo and they're like yeah i want to make sure it kind of looks like this and i'm like i for years ago started just going i just like you to know that that's a bad tattoo and we're gonna make it good (laughs) people they'll they'll send me shit like that and i won't even tell them i'll just redraw it and it'll just be better than what they showed me and like they're not gonna complain like they're not gonna complain like oh shit you made it better bro i don't like that no they're like oh shit you made it oh this looks so much i like have tried to be more informative now with my clients too, though, and to like tell them what to look out for. Even during consults, I've had like two consults this week that I said no to the design, which I haven't done in like Mm -hmm. 10 years or like, I'd Mm -hmm. say like seven years. I sat with them and like explained why this was not possible. If an artist pulls out this type of needle, if an artist says that it is possible, but doesn't do these particular things, then... Mm -hmm. You got to do education. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for black folks, because I get, I think like also culturally, unfortunately, because of colonization, segregation, racism, slavery, all these things Mm -hmm. that we've been excluded from practices that its whole genesis is indigenous and tribal, indigenous Mm -hmm. to black people, like body modifications where now white people are overly modified to further themselves from whiteness. And then still black people are excluded and then for some of us who are, have Caribbean backgrounds or like more African backgrounds, and I say African and Caribbean as a separate thing because of... It is, you know, their culture is different. It's different. And even like we're part of the diaspora, so all of us are from Africa, but culturally yeah. we might be more in proximity to somewhere else, have been so like colonized and conditioned to like see this body mod as unprofessional, unkempt, yeah, not clean, demonic. demonic. And so then... 
because you have no entry to this industry and it's so racist and then your family has it so stigmatized, you don't know what to look out for. Yeah. It's like, it's even crazy how in like, I took an ancestry test and my family is from the Ibu tribe of Nigeria. Oh, you're Nigerian. Uh, and it's crazy how... I yeah, did an ancestry you know. test too. I'm Nigerian too. Yeah. Hey, you know, came from across the boat. Yeah, you know literally. I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of crazy how... Like last year with the SARS shit that was going on, I mean, still going on today, how like so many black people over there are discriminated because of their tattoos. They're seen as gang members because just off the simple fact of they have markings on their body, whether it like whether it's like a rose or like just something simple like a fucking smiley face or something like that, they're just discriminated against. And that's wild that whiteness really made us believe that shit that was natural to our culture is now seen as something that is just wrong or criminal and shit like that you know it's just fucking crazy and how inherently black bodies that are like body mod are criminalized and demonized versus like when people are like i feel like the stigmas of tattoos is like lifting and i'm like for white people like now you're an art collector Now you're somebody that loves Mm -hmm. art and this is just another form of art that you're exploring. Whereas for black bodies, they're not provided that same grace and understanding. Yeah. Or if like it's a black person that's heavily tattooed, a white person may come out their mouth to be like, oh, I can't even see their tattoos. Like shit like that. Like mm -mm, fix your mouth to say something to the OGs, bro. Like we started this shit. The fuck are you talking about? My sort of new realized dream is that I want to get onto Ink Masters. I want them to give me a white canvas and I want to be like, oh, <laughs> they gave me a white canvas. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They oh don't use God. sunscreen. They don't lotion. <laughs> <laughs> this skin is too stretchy. It's too stretchy. Oh my I, God. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, like... Like, really, if I were ever on Ink Master, I'd be like, listen, every time there's a black person, give me that. Give me him. I yeah. want that nigga. Like, and I'm going to show y'all how to do a tattoo because, like, I really hate people feeling like they can't do a, a good job on black skin. I'm like, oh, you don't think so? All right, fine. Let me give them a tattoo they're going to be proud of. Let me give them a tattoo that they're going to love. And I don't want black people to be your fucking experiment. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want that. That motherfucking part, because I've also stopped with I did it for a little while I think a lot of us did was educating white people on how to do it cut it mm-hmm. cut it I have no yeah. interest in teaching people who did not make the effort before the black square moment to learn how to do this on people on black people's skin without them actually yeah. putting in the efforts like I have no interest in forcing white people that are like I don't tattoo black people the only problem I have is like the active degradation and like the misinformation mm-hmm. that they propagate I don't care if you yeah. don't do it, fine. But don't go sit around here and say, oh, it's because it's impossible or it won't look good. Just say you can't do it. Equally, yeah. black people don't go Just say that you're wanted. a trash-ass artist. Right. It's really crazy how I have been tattooing for two and a half years, and I've tattooed more black people than a lot of artists that have been working for like 20 Facts. years. You know, because like that don't make sense. Like you're You're so out of it. You're so out of just the real world that you just don't tattoo black people ever like I, I remember seeing a post where somebody that they said they were tattooing for like five years and like that they only tattooed like three black people in their whole five-year career i'm like how does that happen 
and I mean, I understand how yeah. it happens because, <laughs> yeah. like, you just don't create an environment that is welcoming for Black people, and you probably actively push away Black people. But it's just crazy that that is just a thing. Like, when it's like, I literally tattoo, like, 10 Black people a week. <laughs> how does that happen? This is kind of, like, on that topic, but we were just scrolling through Instagram and saw this, like, person's work, and I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. And then we're scrolling through their page, and there was no Black people on it, and I'm like, oh. In this big 2021 age. <laughs> and then I saw that they were from New Zealand and I was like, oh, okay, I got my eye on uh, you. Yeah. But- There's certain places a lot of <laughs> niggas just don't even live, you know? So I could kind of get it, you know, but still. And also, like, I think that as darker skin is everywhere. Dark skin is everywhere. And I think that, like, now as folks are becoming more educated in art and in tattooing, like, I get black people that fly out from across Canada or like drive. From like mm-hmm. Quebec, like provincially, just to come to me or just to go to particular black artists, because they're like, fuck it. Like, if they're not here and they're not gonna do what I need them to do here, I'll travel out and go get something. And they do like yeah. a tour to black tattoo artists. <laughs> like I had a client that came and got tattooed by like me and my other artist, Cal and Natty, who is a prominent black tattooer who's been tattooing for like 13 years in Toronto. And just collecting it and then just mm-hmm. goes back home and they save up to do that because they're like, well, if yeah. I don't see myself represented on your page in your portfolio. I'm not giving you my money and I'm equally not going to be your test subject. Yeah, not at all. I was about to say, you're going to ask me about my cats. <laughs> well, I feel like I know why you called your cats Black Panther and Storm, but why don't you tell us about that? The only two fucking <laughs> prominent black characters in the Marvel universe. Basically. And fun fact, I named Black Panther Black Panther before the Black Panther movie was even announced. Is it Black Panther Marvel or is it Black Panther's like... Uh, black okay. Panther Marvel. But, <laughs> you read the you know, comics. It was interesting because my coworker at the time, I was working for a publishing house as a graphic designer. And one of my coworkers, she was like, oh, I got my friend is giving away some cats. <laughs> and I had a cat growing up. I just really love cats. They're, I have a cat tattoo on every limb of really? my body. Yes, literally on every single limb. And I might, like, I have one on both my arms, both my legs, and on my chest. And I may get one on my back. That is so hilarious. I love cats. I love cats too. Do you know there's like a whole thing? And I agree <laughs> with it. Where women, like men, like cis men, who, I mean, the conversation is around cis hat men. But I know that you're not cis hat, mm-hmm. com- or you're not het completely. Yeah, I'm pansexual. So um, the conversation's more surrounded around cis het men. But men who like cats, women are more attracted to because it means that they know how to relinquish control and have like a more softer edge. Whereas like men who own, do- and this is like a sweeping generalization, mm-hmm. but men that like dogs. Yeah. I have like this sort of need to be dominating and to be training. Whereas like there is no mm-hmm. fucking dominating and training a cat for real. Like a cat's going to do what the cat's going to do. Yeah, no, they do what the fuck <laughs> yeah. they want to do. And I mean, I could, I could relate to that, at least for me personally, because I very much am aware and accepting that I'm a very soft person. I'm a very soft boy. So it's like, it's, it's interesting how people say that I have a feminine energy. Which I think just kind of means that, like, I'm kind of safe to be around or whatever. I don't know. Just, I'm not like yeah, a dickhead. Yeah, you get genderqueer, gender fluid. Again, another discourse about or conversation that folks are having is that Blackness is inherently queer. And the concept of non-binary or deconstructing the binary is inherently Black. And so, like, one could argue that, I mean, if you don't identify as such, then that's up for you. But that, like, you are non-binary. Yeah. 
as you were like actively deconstructing mm-hmm. what masculinity or femininity could even mean. Yeah. And for a long time, I was asking myself that if I identified as non-binary and I'm still kind of... I saw you in a tube well top too. yesterday. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm comfortable, you know? <laughs> I'm a very comfortable person in whatever the fuck I'm wearing. So, you know, it'd be like that. I love it. <laughs> So yeah, I'm still kind of understanding that myself. Right now, I still I, I'm cool just being considered like cis. I'm comfortable in that. So yeah, it may change in the future. Who yeah, knows? it's like the whole concept of like black women who are also NB are non-binary still identify with like black womanhood, but identify mm-hmm. as non-binary. It's like not black woman in the binary sense of black woman in the cultural significance and the social significance of being a black woman, but then also yeah. like. I'm not a lady. (laughs) (laughs) Who are like the most prominent artists for you in Afro-Americana tattooing? Yourself. Sure. (laughs) It's funny because I've been slacking on the Afro-Americana page because a nigga's been busy. But it's funny because whenever I would sprinkle in my posts onto the Afro-Americana page, it would get like the least amount of likes. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) But I think Jalen is really dope. Like, Jalen's fucking fire. West, I have a tattoo from West as well, too. I have a tattoo from both of them. Both of them are fucking amazing. Uh, there's this uh, this new dude coming up called, uh, his name is Mond. Fulmond. He's in, yeah, he's oh, in Detroit. I love it. Yeah. His work is fucking clean as shit. There's just a lot of people just kind of sprinkled around the world, kind of. There's maybe, like... 12 artists who I say I've seen do multiple Afro-Americana pieces, even if all 12 of them don't exclusively do that, but I've seen them incorporate that into their work more often than other people. Snacks Inc., she does she does a lot of cool-ass shit. Uh, even though her stuff is like interesting, it's visually mm-hmm. traditional, but has a kind of a fine line aesthetic as well, too. So it's kind of like an interesting mix of both. Yeah, that, I think those are just the people that I would think about first and foremost clark tattoos we forgot clark does a bit of like from oh, the uk yeah. clark is cool yeah. as fuck yeah i guess because afro-americana is very specific in that way is there like a space to also extend it or add another definition in that any tattoo that a tattoo artist does if it's based on their own artwork who is black is going to be inherently black so black tattoo artists but that mm-hmm. don't exclusively do like an Afro-Americana style, but that Africanize or make Afrocentric their artwork. Or if they don't, like let's say mm-hmm. it's just like a traditional rose, but they work in the traditional sense, would they be considered under that umbrella? So I'm thinking of like Jazz from mm-hmm. New York, who does a lot of traditional type artwork, but mm-hmm. is very much Black. And that style kind of incorporates that. Or... Are we just trying to find the, the foundations first? We're starting at step one. I think of Afro-Americana as like a very specific subgenre, which I would kind of equate to stuff like biomech, where, you know, biomech mm-hmm. is so specific that when you see it, you see it and you know what it is. But I think there is openness for communication about how the style will evolve. And I want this style to evolve well past all of us. You know what I mean? Everybody that I mentioned... I want more like fresh faces to come into the game and like do Afro-Americana stuff and like put their own twist on it. And I'm sure eventually the style will evolve and grow. So like, I'm not the type to be like, oh, nah, this is America, Afro-Americana. This is it. 
I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm not trying. That's not what the spirit of this is about. So if Afro-Americana grows and includes that realm of stuff, I mean, cool. You know, I personally think of it in a very specific way. But if like the community and the world and the artists encompassing this style want to grow in that direction, I mean, you know, who am I to fucking stop it? You know what I mean? Be interesting to create either literature or not just an online platform, but something, a book, zine or something like that to talk more about tattooing, black tattooing, black tattooers in the contemporary sense and like how different styles have evolved or how things are done or how different like black tattoo artists are being tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is kind of my next falls into two of my questions. How do you feel black people are represented in the industry? Very shitty. Um, <laughs> short answer. Um, yeah, we're just we're just not treated properly. We're just kind of ignored. We're seen. I know from just in general, people see a black artist and just off rip think that they're lesser than a white artist just off the strength that they're black. Yeah, I've just seen it so many times where people just feel like just because a black artist is black that they're just not as skilled as some of these white artists. Whether it's through haggling black Mm, artists more just not sharing black artists work like just the instagram algorithms and just seeing how these white artists can just get so many likes and blow up a lot easier than black and queer artists and shit like that so it's like we're just not respected even though we have the talent we have the skill we bring the culture like we're the shit you know what i mean so we're just not respected this uh this black artist they were trying to go around to different shops and get an apprenticeship and they just couldn't get an apprenticeship anywhere that they went to but they had a friend of theirs bring their portfolio to a white tattoo shop and that that white person yeah they got the fucking apprenticeship with that black artist work just off rip you know what i mean so it's just like crazy how we're just excluded from so many spaces just off of the random just kind of trivial decisions of white managers white shop owners just white artists it's just disrespectful. i think and like an added layer to that is the intersection of like black womanhood and how misogyny plays out in the industry mm-hmm. as well where it's like it's not to say that black men have it easier in the industry but i've certainly seen more visibility of black male tattoo artists rather than seeing like black women artists or black non-men artists having access or the ability to access particular spaces. And, you know, uh, even more specifically, like monoracial, dark-skinned, black femme tattooers, Mm -hmm. where even if they are in a space, they are never looked at because they are women and because they are black. Yeah, like, I was just thinking about how at Art Basel this year in Miami, there was like a black tattoo experience Yeah, I know it. And I was seeing how with their Black Tattoo Conference in Art Basel, I was looking, there was only like one woman artist there. And it's like out of, I feel like there were like 10, like 11 other like Black dudes that were in that panel. And I'm like, y'all couldn't have found another Black woman to like include into this shit. Like there's a lot of dope Black artists, like female artists that I know. So it's like... You couldn't have reached out to them or anything? I get what they're doing, but again, it's very much rooted in maleness. And frankly, like Black women have to, by any accounts, I think that Black women are extraordinary, but in like the very colonial sense of extraordinary, 
that Black women have to be extraordinary, extraordinary in order to be included. Yeah. And I think why, you know, somebody like Lori was included was because she's been doing it for 15 years, built a shop with another guy um, and is now opening up another one. She started the Ladies of uh-huh. Ink tour. She's well-renowned. And even then, she doesn't even get her flowers mm-hmm. like the way that she deserves. But I think that she was included only yeah. because she is extraordinary and she deserves it. Yeah. But it's like, what about the black women tattooers who are phenomenal and extraordinary in their own sense, but don't have like the accolades, quote unquote, that requires mm-hmm. men to see them and their value as anything other than just, you know, what it is. It, just like in every industry, like misogyny is just a part of just life. It's really fucking disgusting. So, yeah, you're like spot on with that. You had mentioned wanting there to be more like literature and stuff like that. I was actually, it may not be like a recent goal, but I'm definitely going to make like an Afro-Americana book, especially because, like I said, I used to work for a publishing company. So one of my jobs was making books all day, like literally doing the interior layout design book covers stuff like that i wrote and illustrated and constructed my own poetry book so like i know how to make books so that's definitely one of my goals is to make like an afro-americana book and probably like if other tattoo artists want help making their own books and stuff like that for whatever stuff I could help with that as well too. It's really not complicated. I to love be honest, like tattoo artists that are like so multidimensional and have all these other skills outside of like tattooing that they've like cultivated and now bring <laughs> into it. Like you are necessary because mm-hmm. I feel like something like that is so difficult to access. Like I wouldn't know how to even start a book. And it's lucky that I just got that job because like it was really off some random shit. Um, this is a very drastic, dramatic story. Like I. Uh, was working at a marketing company like before I got that job for like a week and a half selling like phones in Walmart <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, it was it was very weird. There was like a shootout in the Walmart and I quit that same day. Like it was just it was crazy. And then the next day I got hired at that publishing company, which is a, a job that I wanted to do for like when I got out of college. So it was kind of a blessing how that happened. But it was really a great experience. They just didn't pay me enough. So I had to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> but I definitely learned a lot there. And I definitely tried to take my experience from that and even apply it to my tattooing for real, for real. So my final question, because we've, you know, we've talked about the negs, the negatives and the, the issues, mm-hmm. and not necessarily just the negatives, but to sort of flip it. Do you think that there, I know you haven't been tattooing for long, but I feel like you're very much integrated into the scene in your own way as like all of us in our own, I say in our own way, because I feel like we're not necessarily in like the <laughs> mainstream tattoo world, but we got a foot in there mm-hmm. and just cultivated and created yeah, our own. We're our own yeah, worlds. we created our own worlds. But do you feel like there has been a shift at all in tattooing as a industry, as an institution within the last few years? In the sense that white people in general, I guess are trying to be more aware of shit <laughs> now whether that creates a specific like result you know like a concentrated effort in the right direction is a whole different conversation but i mean i feel like at least white people seem like they're trying more mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know there's that but i do also feel like just in general that us as black people we're creating our own spaces I mean, i think that's the most important thing Because just like you just got your own shop, you know, I think that's super fucking important. Like right now you're in a space where 
what these other white artists do doesn't affect you Mm -hmm. like in a very like direct in your face type of way like you know there's obviously a lot of bullshit that you have to go through with these white artists but like you know you're in your own space you can cultivate your own energy you can create these spaces for your clients and i think that black people as a whole we're in that space of these white people are going to be white (laughs) so we're going to do white people going to be white people yeah yeah (laughs) So it's like, I do, I, I think the more important thing is, yeah, we're, we're creating our own spaces. And I think that that's the most beautiful thing of all. Cause I know like 15, 20 years ago, you know, like there weren't as many black tattoo artists. There wasn't as much attention on black artists, on black artistry. Yeah. It's just getting bigger and bigger now to the point where I know in the future, we're just going to run shit and we're not going to have these white people blocking us. Like as abruptly because we're going to have our own we're going to have our own money we're going to have our own spaces we're going to have our own shops that's going to just be more and more of a thing i love that and i agree thank you so much for coming onto the pod (laughs) i always enjoy talking to you and honestly after today i'm so glad that we got to have this conversation talk about black shit and talk about tattooing it's my two favorite things to talk about Mm -hmm. you are so incredibly insightful (laughs) and talented and i'm i'm glad that you that you came on here. I'm glad that you invited me. This was fun as fuck. Was there anything that you wanted to plug? Your Instagram pages, like anything that you want to plug in? Yeah, just follow me on Instagram at Aaron Davis Tattoos, A-A-R-O-N, Davis Tattoos. People call me A-A-R-O-N. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Ever since Key and Peele came out with that sketch, like every week somebody calls me A-A-R-O-N. So I still fucks with y'all, but don't do that. <laughs> um, follow me on TikTok, I guess, even though I barely post on there because it's weird and I'm new to it. But that's also by the same name, Aaron Davis Tattoos. Follow Afro-Americana Tattoos. It's where I post. I honestly barely post my work on there. It's mainly a lot of other people's shit because I want to highlight all the other artists that are doing really fucking dope shit. I love seeing the connections that people are making it's fucking beautiful not to like be like oh i did this but like i saw that monty's getting a guest spot at kevin Wong's spot in brooklyn and like mentally i'm like oh shit did i help kind of bring these people together and you did you cultivated a space to have people like meet and see each other which would have been hard to do otherwise yeah it's just it's just exciting you know so yeah follow that follow my wife She's a dope ass fucking tattoo artist. Her Instagram is uh, K Diamond Tattoos, like K A Y Diamond Tattoos. She's fucking dope as shit. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Oh, thank you. I had a fun time. That's it for today's episode, folks. Go ahead and follow at the Teardown Pod on all socials. Make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. The Teardown is hosted by me, Vegas Inc. This episode was edited and mixed by Ali Sirwa and produced in collaboration with Edit Audio. And I'll see y'all at our next session.